Welcome to episode 25, I think, of the Sunday Conversation podcast presented by Loyalty Liquors. I'm Aaron, across the table from me, that's Benny. Benny, how's your week, buddy? Uh, week's great, man. Um, did some work this week, got it done, you know, late yesterday, so just chilling. Is Built that right? Is it, is it episode 25? Oh, yeah, dude. Come okay. on. You're, Fucking right. you're on it. Um, um what were you saying? You yeah. built some gates? Oh yeah, yeah. No, I just built some cool like uh ranch gates, you know, for this like ten million dollar ranch. Pretty pretty dope. Ben, when you when you you know moved up to, to Jackson, what, what was it two months ago? A little over two months ago, two and a half months? May 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 one, dude. Pretty much. Okay, so so going on four months now. Jesus Aaron, read a book. Um <laughs> Is this is this what you thought your life was going to be? Um, honestly, well, I'm sitting at the polo fields right now, hanging out. So, um, no, I did not think my life was going to be here. Um, I, I guess I just uh, I've been introduced and put on to some awesome people that. Dude, if you get tied in with someone in town that's respected, that's where I'm getting this fence work from, from a guy that's got a killer landscaping business here. And uh, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible, man. Pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah, I guess, I guess that makes all the difference, right? And we've said it. It's not, a, you know, it's not what you know. It's who you know. So, no, it's just it's, it's funny for me to follow along from afar because, you know, I remember when you told me you were going up there and you were going to work with, you know, your Uncle Todd for a little while and then – you know, to see where your life has gone since it's just, you know, it's kind of funny to be like a passenger on the outside looking in. Um, but anyways, right before we, we started recording, you were showing me the, uh, the sky there. So the fires in California have made the smoke anyways, has made it all the way to Jackson. Yep. And, um, I guess, I guess, uh, well, it's funny. Cause like my one buddy was like, well, um, today, uh, mark your calendar today summer's over because like i guess it'll be like this till like october now oh really yeah but let me backtrack so i guess the the california wildflower uh wild fires are like terrible right now it's like insane so it took a little while for it to get here but so jackson's at whatever you know 60 I think 6,200 feet or something. Mm-hmm. So, but then it's also like a valley. So right. um, basically, you know, the smoke just kind of like meanders because it's heavier than the air. It just like meanders through these valleys, you know? So it doesn't, I mean, doesn't take too, too long, but supposedly this is the worst that they've ever seen it here. Like coming from like, locals that have been here forever like every year it gets a little bit hazy but dude it looks it looks like a complete like new england like foggy day yeah i it's um i just was i just saw something before i got on that like an area the size of the state of rhode island has burned already in california um and then a a girl i know who i follow on instagram i was just cruising some stories while i was waiting for you um she's in utah right now 
And yeah, I mean, there's just smoke everywhere there too. It's kind of crazy, man. Um, you know, like when you think about it, like that's the thing about California that's kind of weird is that like you get, you know, you get so much beauty, right? I mean, the people are beautiful. The landscapes are beautiful. The beaches are beautiful. You have everything from, you know, mountains and skiing and snow to the Pacific Ocean and these beautiful, you know, untouched beaches and, you know, these great lakes. It's a great fishing state. Like, you know, everything about California is, for the most part, is, is pretty great. Traffic kind of blows. But, um, but like you have the constant risk of earthquakes and like you get wildfires once a year and these wildfires it, all, burn out of fucking control. It's you know? like, it's like, dude, the old saying, it's like high risk, high reward. You know what I mean? It's the one place that if you can totally, I don't know. I feel like everything happens in California earthquakes, yeah. you know, it's like a hurricane. You know, I don't actually do hurricanes ever hit California. Is no, because they're not called hurricanes in the Pacific. They're called, they're typhoons. called typhoons. I'm such a moron. <laughs> um, but obviously not because I knew what it was. No, because I but, think they, uh, could, they spin the other way up towards like Japan and shit. I don't think they go like. Towards... Oh, they 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 force them off the coast. Right. Exactly. Okay. Right. I got you. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, dude, like mudslides, floods. Yep. Yeah, that's fucking, another one. I saw you know, um I saw a thing that was like it was like based on insurance data, and it was like the ten most like expensive cities to live in in terms of like potential risk for disasters i think eight of the top 10 were in california and it was like the first seven were all in california and then there was like a couple places in the midwest like in um uh like tornado alley and shit um you know that's the thing i was having this conversation with a buddy of mine a couple weeks back when the, the hurricane was rolling through here and like that's one of the great things about connecticut is like we have weather but like we never have like ultra destructive weather you know, we catch the, the, the ass ends of a couple of hurricanes every once in a while, you know, there's well, the, a tornado the, once every 50 years, you know, the thing about the hurricanes though, in Connecticut is you have the natural breakwater of long Island and then block Island, right. You know, so it is shielded a touch, but I mean, dude, there's man, that tornado ripped through Springfield you know yeah. a couple years yeah back. i mean it does happen and obviously the winters like you know we've had winters not recently but you know i remember uh when yeah I was when like, i was in college when i was in college yeah you guys had that that april like wet storm that just like no broke october every tree october it was on, oh uh, okay yeah yeah because the leaves were still on the trees right, that was right. the issue um yeah. yeah i mean that i remember that storm i was still working I committed insurance fraud during that storm. It was great. I think the the uh, the statute of limitations has passed now. But um, I uh, I remember I was still working for my grandfather, and that storm happened on a I want to say it was a Saturday, and uh, yeah, it was definitely Saturday. And he like let me go early because of the storm. He's like, hey, why don't you get home and stuff? You know, this could get pretty bad. And as I'm leaving, and you know, I was living on like a fucking shoestring budget on it. Like I, you know, I wasn't spending money on anything important as i was leaving the store he's like uh he's like make sure you get gas because if the power goes out you won't be able to get gas and go anywhere and i'm like yeah yeah all right and so i think i went to the mall and i bought like three or four dvds because obviously dvds were a thing at the time and then i bought like i bought a, a plate of food from the cajun grill on the in the food court 
I get home. I'm home for maybe 15 minutes and the power goes out and it was out for fucking five days. And like, of course I didn't have gas in my car. So I couldn't really go anywhere. And then obviously, you know, all the phones were dead and, and I was moving out of my apartment at the time. I was supposed to be out on November 1st. So everything was packed up and like, dude, it was, it was a brutal fucking five days. Um, but yeah, I Should've mean, listened. yeah, no shit. Right. Listen to Gramps. He knows what he's doing, but I mean, but like, that's the thing is like, we don't like, you know, that's the extreme that happens once every, you know, few, like, you know, there's a lot of people that lost power in this last hurricane, but you know, for four or five days and that's it. It's never, never anything like what happens in California. That's for sure. No, dude, it's scary. And like, every time I think about it, I obviously think about my sister who just bought that sure. ridiculous condo. Um, you know, it's like, I, I always just call the check-in, make sure it hasn't like slid down the hill or anything weird, you know, <laughs> but dude, I don't know. It's freaky. I don't know why. Uh, yeah, man. It's like, you wouldn't really ever expect, like, I know the, like we originally started talking about the haze here, but like, I'm trying to think of like everybody that had this killer, you know, end of the summer trip booked for Jackson hole. Dude, you can't even see like, you know, a hundred feet in front of you, let alone like the Grand Tetons. Like, right. literally, you cannot see the mountains. So yeah, it's pretty it, funny. It's a, it's an interesting thing that like I I thought about the uh, whenever that hurricane rolled through two weeks ago, um, like it kind of just makes me think about like the power of Mother Nature. And how in reality, you know, here we are, the country's tearing itself apart. We've got, you know, COVID going on. We're in the buildup to an election. So you've got this, like, this social divide that's greater and greater every single day. You know, people are digging their feet. And in reality, it could all be over for all of us in, you know, a week. If, like, you know, one of these super volcanoes blows up, like, you know, it, it could all be over for us like that, you know. And it just, I think people would respect the planet a little bit more if they realized like how quickly the planet could wipe all of us off and then just recover without us, you know? And it's also like a perfect example of like why you should just be living right now, you know? Totally. It's like, holy fuck, 2020 is just a nightmare. Um, Dude, I, I, I'll never forget when I was living in San Diego and I was... I was working at, I was working at this dive shop in Oceanside and this guy came in who was from Vermont who had like taken up spearfishing and I had learned like how to spearfish out there and shit. And so he asked me if like I would take him out with me. And so I, I, you know, I had my spot in La Jolla. I used to go all the time. And, um, I was like, sure, man, like I'm off tomorrow. Like if you want to come meet me out there and he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll come meet you. And so he meets me another kid meets me and, uh, you know, I get to the spot like a half hour before him. And I'm like, I don't think we should go out. Like the fucking, it was like springtime. And like in the spring, the the tides get pretty brutal uh, or the currents get pretty brutal. So I'm like, I don't think we should go out boys. And, and the guy who was visiting from Vermont was like, was like, man, this is my last day. Like, I really, really want to go out. And then I'm like, I don't think you should. And he's like, well, I'm going to go out either way. And it's just a matter of if you're with me, I'm like, all right, well, I feel better if I'm with this guy. So long story short everything went to fucking shit this guy was a mess he was wearing a semi-dry suit which is 
you know, closer to a wetsuit. So he should have been using less weight, but he was using more weight. And so like, it was a fucking disaster. Long story short, I ended up like getting back to the beach. No problem. The other kid that was like a former Marine, he made it back. No problem. And then the lifeguards had to come rescue the dude from Vermont. But there was a few minutes there where I was like, I'm going to fucking die here. Like, this is, this is how the story ends. And I, you know, I get back to the beach and that was the first time I was really like, holy fucking shit, man. Like all it takes is like five seconds of you being in a situation that you think you're prepared for, you're not prepared for. And then that's it. Mother nature is just going to fucking have her way with you. Dude. It's like, obviously out here it's like it's more the avalanche danger you know oh sure e- e- everywhere's got got their danger but that i mean dude the ocean is so enormous like you're like i just feel like you know i i know the feeling i feel like you probably have and it's just like of like it's like helplessness like yeah you're you're not gonna beat that thing like you're swimming as hard as you can and you're going backwards. You're like, Jesus fucking Christ. You know? um, um, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the ocean is, is a real motherfucker. I think the dude, ocean is like terrifying. Speaking of the ocean and like, I, I guess I'm just like thinking of like the perfect storm and like all those like, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, lo- long lining boats that like yeah. are just out there and like, dude, like you're nothing. Like you could be on a, a hundred foot vessel but if it's a fucking hundred foot wave, like, yep. Good night, Jim Kite. Like, that you're fucked, dude. And yeah, and and those boats are like, you know, 150 miles offshore, so nobody's coming to rescue you either. Like, that's it. You're done. You know. Well, unless Ashton Kutcher comes in the Guardian. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> right i know the story um but anyways yeah no it's it's fucking wild man mother nature is a is a son of a bitch and it's it's like the very interesting thing about california is to kind of bring this back full circle is that like if i'm not mistaken i think california is responsible for like 80 percent of the country's agriculture like california alone has the gdp of like the country of germany like, you know, in terms of economics and like the supply chain for America, California is like extremely fucking important. But I think part of the problem, and this is speculation, I don't know if any of this is true, but like, I think part of the problem is, is A, obviously California is like almost always in a drought. Uh, but B, like, because they do so much farming, I wonder if, you know, because we never really like let the soil reset before, you know, you plant the next year's harvest, if like, the soil's all so fucking dry that like there's no water retention in it that like it makes it so the fire can just kind of spread there, at will. There are no nutrients in any of the soil that is basically feeding the American population. Like there's zero. Right. All the nutrients have been farmed out. That that's why like dude like when I was, you know, working for my dad back at home at one of the, uh, one of the supply places, um, there's this guy there who has a work visa and he's from Africa. Okay. And he, he was my boy, dude, my boy, like every day, you know, like he had a family back home. He got to go home like once a year for like whatever, you know, and he's just sending money back home, dude. It's really kind of yep. like sad. But um, just an awesome, awesome dude. 
His name was Eric. Mm-hmm. Eric Sutherland. I, that was definitely not his name, but um, <laughs> so he went. Um, but dude, he was a magician cook, and he was telling me like the diets of like African people are incredible. Yeah. They're like the farming. They use like all like no-till farming over there. Yeah. So like you know, whatever it, they're all those nutrients are going back in the soil. Like the vegetables are like, he said, like out of this world, like everything. It's just like, it's a, I, it's the most nutrient rich land in the world. Africa yeah, is, said, is said to be, you know, the cradle so, of civilization. Uh, right. Cradle of civilization. <laughs> but dude, <laughs> Hey, it's all right. It's Friday. Yeah, that's um, no, no, but either way, man, it's just like, you know, then you come here and it's like, dude, there's no fucking nutrients at all. And that's why, you know, it's like, it's so important to like, I mean, which I don't, cause I don't really have a, you know, I'm homeless right now. So I, I definitely don't have a property with like a greenhouse on it, right. but uh, I guess the earth is my greenhouse. So I can just go pluck wild berries and shit, but you know otherwise you're not getting any like nutrients yeah it's it's like the it's the the counter argument to veganism right as a non-vegan that account that a, a non-vegan could make towards a vegan is that like lar- large-scale agriculture as it stands today um you know meat farming set aside is like doing just as much damage to the environment as meat does in the sense that you know, because we have more and more mouths to feed every day, and we need more and more vegetables and all that stuff. You know, we never fully let the soil get back to, you know, its point of being nutrient dense. And so how do we offset that, right? We use chemicals, we pump it into the soil, we do all this shit to, you know, make the soil be able to bear vegetables. And then, you know, what inevitably happens, we keep forcing that force and that force and more nutrients out of the soil. At the same time, when it rains, we run chemicals out into the water sources and all that stuff, which then move their way out into the ocean and kill fish and shit like that. So, like, I've had this discussion with vegans in the past, and it's not that I think I'm right. It's that I think both sides are wrong, that, like, you know, one side is doing more damage than the other, the environment. Both are doing a terrible amount of damage to the environment. Like, if Mother Nature doesn't wipe us off the face of the earth with a super volcano or, you know, a meteor or whatever, it, we're going to wipe ourselves off the face of the earth by creating this fucking dust bowl where there's, there's no nutrients in the soil anymore and we just don't have the ability to grow food. Man, you're totally right. And then, like, you know, another argument, or not not even an argument, but a point is, like, if, if we – we farm we the royal we the united states of america we farm more for the the beef industry and the you know the pork industry and the chicken industry meaning all we grow more food to feed those animals Mm. like far more yeah like astronomically more so it's like Every bit of farming in the Midwest, like you just driving past those, you know, 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of miles of cornfields, yep. that corn's not for human right. consumption. It's all for the animals. So it's like the other argument is like you would – there would be plenty – if we stopped farming for the animals and just farmed all for ourselves, there'd be plenty of food. Like, sure. not even a, not even a question. But you know, you can't. I mean, like a hamburger. What people don't understand about a burger is you go to McDonald's and you get a burger for a buck. It cost them thirteen dollars to make that burger. You know, twelve of those of like dollars raising the cow. No, and no, no. Twelve of those dollars are subsidized by the American government oh, oh, because okay. gotcha. because they can't. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a like a burger. It, it's a free market item. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You could have a sixteen dollar burger. You could have a one dollar burger. But you know, either way it still costs that much. So, right. you know, the way that McDonald's is able to pump out dollar cheeseburgers is because they're getting huge kickbacks from the government to keep, you know what I mean? Everything's all tied together. It's, it's a sick fucked up system. No, but, not to know, mention it, they charge their franchisees and McDonald's, I believe owns all the real estate of their location. McDonald's, McDonald's is not a um, fast food chain. It's a real estate corporation. Right. It owns almost every corner in America or whatever. Which is great, which is crazy to think about. I mean, you think every now, you know, ever since learning that now, every time I see McDonald's, I'm like, dude, there's another one a mile and a half up the road. <laughs> and like they have all these locations, but yeah, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to be like, like, cause obviously I eat meat and like, and I know what goes into the, like, you know, the meat world, you know, I eat a lot of chicken. I owned chickens. So like, I, you know, I feel the connection of what it's like to raise chickens. I mean, for me personally, I've just tried to like be as like sustainable and as possible. So like, I never buy, like, I don't make steaks. I don't, buy ground beef or anything like that anymore i use exclusively bison for that because uh bison is no you're not allowed to use hormones or antibiotics for the most part i think most bison farms are like you know not quite free range because they you know obviously they're they're fenced in but they're about as free range as it gets and then chicken i try and buy locally from you know local chicken farms um because you know, those chickens have lived a better life. Like, you know, the chickens that I had or we had in California were, you know, they would, we just let them do whatever the fuck they want. I mean, we clipped their flight wings because they would constantly fly into our neighbor's yards, but they would just, they fucking did whatever we want. There's times we'd come home from, you know, whatever, we'd have a hockey game or whatever, and we'd come home and there'd be eight chickens in the fucking living room, just like hanging out and shit. So, um, you know, I try and be conscious shitting, of shitting everywhere. You know, they, it was weird, dude. They really weren't bad. Like, if they would wander into the house, they really weren't bad. The funniest part would be to see the dogs. Because, like, the dogs would be on the couch, and there'd just be, like, eight chickens milling around on the fucking living room floor. <laughs> but, um, but um, you know, I try and be as, like, like self-conscious -con or, or about as possible. But I think about that stuff. I, you know, you and I who think about that stuff are so fucking far in the minority of, you know, the American mindset. That like, dude, like it just, 
drives me nuts. Like New Haven's kind of a dirty city in terms of just like shit, like, you know, people throwing their shit on the ground or whatever. Like I was walking Sasha earlier today and like, there's a fucking lunchable container in the middle of the park, like on the trail and shit. And it's like, dude, you know, what the fuck's the point? Like you bring it in, you just drop it on the ground and you keep walking. Like, so when I think it, I think when it comes to like being conscious about what you eat, whether it's like you who doesn't eat meat or me who does eat meat and tries to do it consciously, um, you know, we're so fucking far in the minority of, you know, people who pay attention to what's going on as far as our interaction with our food. Yeah, man. And the, the other cool thing about like being out here is like, if I, if I was a meat eater out here, like you're talking about like the bison and like yeah. elk, obviously, yeah. I mean, obviously if you just think about you know like populated cities and like you know venison like the deer like in new haven Mm -hmm. aren't gonna be i feel like as healthy as like a deer out here in the in you know the rockies so and that's like a big issue what what is it called it's like um there's some like deer, like a venison disease or something. It's like, uh, oh, uh, I think not it's like a, a not um, like a mad, like kind of like mad cow, but like for deer. It's like a parasite and, that gets in the meat, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, and but and that's the thing, like they're, it's they're so overpopulated, and it's like you know, it's you know, in the grand scheme of things, it's you know, still like out and about and alive and you know foraging but you know depending on what it's foraging you know what i mean it's like it it can get a little bit like you know icky if you if you you know what i mean like oh uh, totally dude yeah so that i guess that's like you know the same thing with like you know a fish and like Mm. you know what is that new haven harbor there yeah, you know what I yeah, mean? Like, yeah. you think that is going to taste like pure oil? Probably. Like, no, with all the gigantic oil tankers ship, coming in yeah, and out like all a, the time. So, and like, you know, I see you often see people and, I mean, pending. It's weird because like, okay, you're like, what's that nasty ass pond in Manchester um, over behind like Union Union Pond. It's like you see like a family down there, you know, that's not from America and they're fucking pulling out 20 fucking sunfish and, you know, going home to eat those. And you're just like thinking like about how disgusting that pond is. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, I don't know, man. It's kind of, it, it kind of sucks that like it's that gross and shit, you know, it's so, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten hooked up on shopping carts in union pond before. <laughs> Dude, I'm surprised you haven't gotten hooked up on a body. No, I actually, I caught a decent, there is actually decent fish in there, but like, no, you're totally right. Like humans for the most part have no respect for their environment. And we just take and take and take and take and, do whatever the fuck we want with it. And like, that was kind of the point. It's like, eventually mother nature is going to push back. I have this weird fascination with like, how do I describe it? With like, 
like buildings that get taken back over, like abandoned, you know how like you've seen abandoned building, at least around here. And then like, you know, there'll be like trees going through it and like grass growing all on it and shit like that. Like I have this fascination with that because it's like this, to me, it like symbolizes that like, hey, after humanity is long gone, mother nature is still going to survive and thrive. And like, it doesn't matter what we put in the way, what we destroy of hers, like she will take back at some point. So like, I remember I was, I was walking Sasha up at the park and there was a random street sign. I don't know if, if part of the paved trail used to be like, you could drive through it or whatever. Um, and this tree had just grown around it. So like the sign was just like, you know, starting to be enveloped by this, um, the trunk of this tree. And like, I love that because it just shows that like, it doesn't matter how much damage we do. Eventually we will be gone and the planet will recover. And then maybe this cycle starts back over again. Maybe they just reset the simulation. Who knows what happens at that point. But you know, at the end of the day, we're not going to destroy the planet. The planet will destroy us long before that happens. Oh, totally, man. I mean, just look, you, you drive down, you look at an abandoned house. You know what I mean? Like, Oh, like, Oh, that house is for sale and no one's done anything to it. Like, Oh my God, look at the work we got to go, you know, do or whatever. You know what I mean? It's like, that's everywhere. It's like, you let something go, you know, it's like, you know, you can almost like just make a correlation to like hair, you know, obviously not my hair, uh, very poor example, but you know, someone who didn't get a haircut through quarantine or whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you, you know, you're naturally just going to go. And if you don't like manicure it, you know, you're whatever. You're going to look like homeless like me. That's that's the beauty of, ha- of, of having had long hair prior to quarantine. It's like it didn't matter. Everyone's already used to me having long hair anyways, bro. I'm playing chess. Everybody's playing checkers. Um, no, I, I totally. And the, you know what the problem is, though, is like there's so many people that live in abject poverty, not even just in America, all over the world. That Yeah. Hey, hey, I just I also want to like cut you off there for one second. Sorry. But like I was just thinking about like these people fishing out of Union Pond yeah. and like eating, eating those fish. And then I'm thinking about like, you know, like the pictures of like the third world countries where it's just a beach full of garbage and they're like frolicking and like swimming and like it is what it is so i guess you know i guess just well that's that's that's, what is the old you know it's like you're a product of your environment well that's what that's what's my yeah you're a product of your environment um that was kind of going to be my point was that like, you know, like I went to the Dominican Republic in 2010 for my sister's, that was like my sister's high school graduation present. And, uh, you know, on the resort, they had like, you know, different activities you could go and do. So I, I got, um, a day long Marlin fishing trip for, you know, whatever the fuck it was, a hundred bucks, whatever. So, you know, they pick you up in a van at the resort at like whatever, 5 30 in the morning they drive you down to the port so we get down to the port dude and like the 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 dock that leads out like you know <clears throat> excuse me to all the fishing boats it just like part of it is missing there's like a probably two and a half foot section where it's just there's just a gap there and you have to jump over this section of missing dock and like that's the dock right off the dock there was a boat that had sank 
that the oil was just leaking into the water and it was just sitting there. Like it just, it looked like it had been there for like months and you could just see, you know, the rainbow of all the oil just all around it and shit. And like, so my point being is that like, you know, we're blessed enough to have the ability to make like the conscious decision of what we eat and, and our interaction with our environment. But like a lot of these people, man, like that's, you know, they don't have a choice. Like they don't even know where their next meal is coming from, you know? So for them to be like, you know, ultra conscious about what they're doing to the planet, like it's just not in the cards for them. Their, their only mission is to find a meal, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, totally. Like literally that is, I mean, and that's just not the Dominican, you know, it's like, sure. Shit, man. It's, it's, it's kind of freaky almost like it like freaky how good we got it in a way totally you know dude. it's like <clears throat> totally I, I i saw this post i, I should have sent it to you i don't know why i didn't um that was like you know somebody being pissed off about uh, uh wonder what's her name alexandra ocasio cortez not at like her politics but like that she had so many complaints about America, right? And like, that's a big thing right now, right? There, there's, I think both sides kind of have complaints about America. And it's like, you know, white privilege is obviously a huge discussion, but how about like American privilege? That so many people can wake up in this country and have the opportunity afforded to them every single day to go out and do whatever the fuck they want. Just that alone should be enough to be thankful for and be able to like go into each day with a smile. But then, you know, the fact that you have access to healthcare, you have access to food, you have access to clean water, you have access to all this stuff without even having to fucking think about it. Like you don't even have to think about it. You don't feel good, you go to the doctor. Maybe you don't have health insurance, but at least you have the option to go to the doctor if you so choose. You're thirsty, you grab a drink of water, you don't think fucking twice about it. Like that is our existence. And we all take it for granted because it's something we've all grown accustomed to. You know, as I sit here on my $1,000 laptop with this $150 microphone in front of me with a fucking 50-inch TV behind my laptop. Like, dude, like, you just get accustomed to this shit. And we as Americans still have the gall to complain about, like, what our lives are. Like, it's a fucking joke, man. Shit, dude. As I'm sitting here, I there's, like, I don't know, fucking $3 million worth of horses standing right here. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. I, I, I know. can see from my, from my view, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 15 horses times 35 grand. Yeah, so you know? Good amount. Yeah. I mean, not, not 3 million bucks, but that's just right here. There's 10 other trailers down the way. And it's just like, holy shit. Like these people are riding around. And in, in order to play polo, you have to own, you have to have six ponies. They play, <laughs> well, yeah, they play a game of polo is like seven chucker or six chuckers, which is like a seven minute game. So you go ride a horse for seven minutes. It's like almost like tennis. You know what I mean? It's like game, set, match. Well, it's like yeah. game, 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 game. And then the whole whoever wins all of them, you know, every goal they score, it's just like, so, you know, the score could be like, whatever, you know, 25, 10 or something, but either way. So you go ride the horse for seven minutes and you come off and you get on your next horse. Oh and then you have like, you have a groom that takes your horse and 
takes the sat, you know, takes everything off, washes the horse, ties the horse up, and then takes all that saddle and shit and puts it on the next horse, you know, to get it ready. So yeah, every person here at this polo field, and I see, I mean, they play, I think it's like five on five out there, and then there'll be games all day. So every single person riding has six, basically six horses that are, you know, you're spending anywhere between, you know, 180 to like 300 grand just for your set of horses. And then to be a member at the Jackson Hole Polo Club, it's 6,000 bucks a month. <laughs> so fuck all these people, honestly, <laughs> you know? I mean, that's, that's like, ridiculous. <clears throat> that's, that's grotesque wealth really is what that is. Yeah, and I, then there's Ben just fucking ripping around on a fucking $35,000 horse. Like, yeah. It, it's, Good times. That, that's, that's unbelievable. It's like having uh, – it's like line changes in hockey. Um, <laughs> but the fact that I didn't know you had to show up with six horses, that's crazy. But, yeah. I mean, oh, like yeah, that's, man. But, like, that's the thing is I bet you, like – you know, I don't I – don't, obviously, I know nothing about any of their backgrounds. I'm sure some people came from money or whatever. But, like, you know, I bet you a lot of those people – had the ability to make the money that they needed to, you know, live this lifestyle. And that opportunity is afforded to every single fucking American. Some people start at different places and here we are still have the gall to complain about like our lot in life. Dude, going back to the Dominican, just briefly, one of the other like activities I did there was I went on like, um, like ATV ride. Uh, my sister and I rented an ATV and we cruised, you know, on like a tour or whatever, like through the jungle and shit. And like we drove past these like cinder block houses, like these guys, like these, there was these three houses all next to each other, all a family open air, but they were just cinder blocks just stacked up, you know, and that was their house with rebar windows. Um, and like, that was their house, man. And, you know, they were like lucky they had shelter and, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, I think a lot of people need perspective. And a lot of people never get perspective. Right. Like meaning they need, you know, you, you, you don't know what you got really. Right. Like, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, man, for real. I think I need to take a trip. I need to go somewhere. Cause I'm living in la la land right now. I mean, you Uh, are, but, but you're also a grounded enough individual where like you understand you know what what you're looking like the grotesque wealth that you're looking at oh right right and that's and the other thing about me it's like it's the first thing i i guess in a way it's like not a shitty way to think but like i definitely like for me the first thing i notice is like kind of like value sort of you know what i mean so it's like the first time i ever came here i'm like you know, like how much is one of these horses? They're like, you know, 30 G's. I'm like, Oh my. And then I'm like able to just start looking around. It's like, you know, these people aren't driving home to, uh, you know, a home. Like they're not homeless like me. I I promise. You know, they're going to these mega ranches that are just like mega dude. And it's crazy. So it's like, but then you think like, those are the people that kind of get to like, you know, we're talking about like 
whatever becoming so like filthy rich that you could have an opinion like with the rest yeah, of you know right, what I mean? Sure. Like yeah. you're you're or that saying your opinion matters. Matters. Yeah. right, exactly. And it's just like to think that like these people right here, like one of the guys playing here, right? Like I can I mean he'll be here shortly is the the guy, the owner of Tom's shoes. I mean, dude, like I, I know him. I, I I'm around his horses all the time. But uh like dude, so like now like here's a guy that's got whatever three hundred and fifty personal bill uh million and then like has got a company worth like six hundred million or whatever. And then it's like and then they get to basically kind of choose like you know you, they get a big enough following and they're like you know they can like these wealthy people can like manipulate the system sort of you know what i mean it's just like i'm sitting here the other day and he's like he's holding his girlfriend's daughter and i was like 15 feet away from him i was holding his horse and he's like uh I think I'm going to take so-and-so to space for spring break one year. And I'm just like, shut the fuck up, dude. Like, you're such a loser. Like, he's gotten, like, no, like, I don't know. I mean, that's rude. But, like, just, like, no, um, like, what's, like, the... Personality, like, real, redeemable quality. No, 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 no. Like, realization of, like, reality. And oh, like, oh, oh, sure. You know what I mean? Like the people that are like his like minions, like just doing whatever for him. Like, you know, yeah. he wanted to go for like a ride with his his girlfriend and like all the horses were washed and like ready to go. And then like he just says like, oh, yeah, we want to go for a ride. So like his dude's got to like run over and like saddle up the horses and like, you know what I mean? It's just like and then like these are the people that end up like, you know getting the like the say on how the system works you know what i mean it's just like dude what the fuck i hope there's a massive massive change well because... that's i mean that's what we talked about man i mean like that's why we said that it's like that's how it goes it's like i mean you have i mean it's just like the fucking line in scarface you know first you get the money then you get the power then you get the respect like Cause that's the way it goes or however it goes, money, respect, power, whatever. Um, like, but at the end of the day, it all circles back to that, you know, money is the root of all evil, but it's also, it depends on who controls the money. Cause like the thing about Tom's is like, isn't that their thing? They donate a pair of shoes for every shoe you buy or whatever. So like, you know, he probably feels like he's doing like really good things in the world and you know, who's to say he's not, you know, but then, he also probably worked hard to get to that point. So now he doesn't feel like he needs to do any work anymore. I don't know. I did some Googling and uh, they're a big donor to uh, the Seaword the Foundation. So, uh, Well, it's called protection, Ben. It's the same reason you pay the mob if you have a, if you have a, a flower shop in Brooklyn, you know. It's called protection. Um, but uh, we can uh, – we could probably start to wrap this up. We've been talking about 45 minutes. I got to I gotta just – you know, I'm, I'm stressed out. Game six, Blues Vancouver tonight. It's, uh, it's winner go home for the defending Stanley Cup champs. 
You know, I really, really thought they looked great in game four. They were dominating Vancouver, and then they, they, they went out and laid an egg after having a 3-1 lead last game. So I really don't know what to expect, but I, I'm, I'm stressed out, buddy. I'm, I'm fucking – I'm nervous. Well, Aaron, um, don't gamble on it. And Ken, you'd be so uh, proud of me. I haven't – since sports have restarted, I haven't gambled once. And, like, last night I was watching – I don't know if you saw any of it, but – or, no, you're homeless. You don't have a TV. You didn't see it. Uh, Calgary was beating Dallas 3-0, like, early in the game. They scored, like, three really quick goals. And then Dallas scored seven unanswered goals to come back and win 7-3. And uh, it was, I think, 3-1 going into the first intermission – and like the Dallas had like been playing better through the last half of the second period, or first period. And I was like, dude, I bet you I could get a pretty good price on like Dallas to win this game right now, you know, being down two. I'm like, I could make a quick buck here. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm just not going to do it. And then, of course, Dallas comes out, scores three quick goals at the start of the second period. And I was like, God damn it. Like, I fucking knew it. I knew it. Um, but no, man. I've so, been good. How, how, like, what would, like, how would that have worked? Like, what could you have? So like there's bet there, after the first period or whatever. So there's live lines. So, you know, live lines at any stoppage. Well, not stoppage, but like, because in football, it's every commercial, but because hockey obviously does commercials differently, it's different. But basically at every commercial during the game, you can go onto your website and there will be live lines that will change throughout the game based on, you know, the score or whatever. So in that situation, Dallas to win, being down three to one, I probably could have gotten, I don't know, seven or eight to one odds. So bet a hundred, win 800 had, had I taken it, maybe not that much, but somewhere between five to one to eight to one in odds, I would reckon. Um, so yeah, it would have been a quick buck. Damn. It's all right, bro. I was up seven and a half percent in the market again this week. I'm now up 22% for the year. I'm beating the S&P 500 by 6%. So that's all right, baby. We're, we're, we're going to get rich the old-fashioned way. Yeah, exactly. Yep, here we go. So um, let's do all it. Right. Let's, uh, let's, let's bring her home. Uh, subscribe, rate, review. Uh, we talked about it a little bit last week, but keep an eye out. I got uh, I started doing all the information for Amazon and Audible for the podcast. Um, keep an eye out. Ben and I are going to be dropping some merch uh, probably at some point here in the next month or so. Um, the Instagram at Sunday Conversation is going to be a bunch of shit coming out. I worked on some shit this week, so that'll start back up next week. We'll get back on that. Big things coming, but Benny... Great chat, pal. Love you. Love you, man.